And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. There he is. He's back, folks. One of our uh, best performing podcasts to date. He is. He is the teacher to the number one player in the world. He's also uh, 2020, if I got this right here, Carolina's PGA Teacher of the Year as well. Alan Terrell, thank you uh, for getting up with me, man, there in South Carolina and talking a little little golf, DJ golf. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, Yeah, full full lesson book today? It's pretty uh, – Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are like 10 to 7, so a uh, little, little oh. busy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. You know, the last time, the last time we talked, you were on the podcast, um, back at the end of July and it was right after DJ shot, I think back to back eighties, right. Missed the mm-hmm. cut at the Memorial it was somewhere in there, 78, 79, 80. Uh, and I yeah. was like, yeah, I texted went, went you to Minnesota and, uh, um, and worked hard to break 80. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I texted you. I was like, what's up with our guy, man? Like, what's going on? Let's get you on the podcast. So you came on and you looked at me and you said, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. This is just a little rut in the road. And you know what, dude, you were right. Because when he came back, here's what happened. All right. (laughs) Here's, here's what happened when he came back. Second at the PGA first at the Northern trust second at the BMW, which probably should have won that one after a long putt from John Rahm. First at the Tour Championship, sixth at the U.S. Open, second at the Houston Open, and first at the Masters. I mean, what a run of golf. That was all started by you looking at me and saying, Travis, he'll be fine. Yeah, (laughs) I wish I had that common effect on all of our players, but uh, (laughs) DJ, uh, he tends to make us look pretty pretty smart, and and, uh, sometimes... He uh, he makes us not look smart, but uh, that was a hell of a run. It, yeah. it, it, it's impossible to, I mean, Tiger, what he did, I think we'd still compare it to, but just to play consistent for, you know, 52 weeks more or less is kind of the season. Um, last year, obviously, was quite different, but mm-hmm. uh, but he's uh, he's kind of going through a little little stretch right now, so he'll 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 come out on the other side real soon. This will be a good time for him for match play. Yeah. You notice I only call you when like DJ like happens to just struggle just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. No one calls me. Actually, that's not true. People do call when he plays well. It's like, but, wait a minute. Uh, when DJ's playing bad, I got DJ calling me and I got this Fulton kid calling me to come back onto the podcast and make sure that everything's going to be okay. With that's our a guy good making. omen. It's a good <laughs> omen. I appreciate it. Let's make it, let's make it a routine. Well, let's talk about your guy here. So, you know, 54th at WGC, 48th at the players. Um, he's going in the WGC, kicks off tomorrow. In his pod, I like his group. I think DJ's going to come out of here. Kevin Na is in there. Adam Long. I think he opens up with Adam Long Wednesday. Mm. And then Robert McIntyre uh, is in that group. So give us the state of the game of DJ heading into uh, WGC. Where are we at here? Uh, he's he's in good form. Um you know, he struggled with the driver at uh, concession. And he's kind of struggled with the driver. And that's part of that time of year. He's getting used to the new technology. Mm-hmm. He hates seeing it go left. He feels like it's, <laughs> he thinks everything's 
left bias um, equipment wise. So he's working through it. The problem is at tournaments and practice rounds, he's having to hit a lot of drivers on the range. So that's never uh, that's never a good thing. When he's playing well, he probably doesn't hit many drivers. Mm. So uh, he'll work through it. It's just part of the process. Every other year, we kind of go through this spell. Yeah, you know what's. That's a good point. I mean, this is a real thing for these players, right? With these manufacturers who make great product, great product, you know, DJs with TaylorMade, you know, Callaway, Ping. I mean, all these guys are in the same boat. They have to come out with new product and they want their players to play it. And there's a learning curve there, right? It's not just DJ. I mean, there's a learning curve for players when they get a new driver in their hand, they've just dialed in the previous one. And all of a sudden, okay, now I got to get this one right. But there's subtleties that just for whatever reason, it's just not quite the same thing out of the gate, is it? No, and especially for Dustin, who I don't know how to quantify a field player, but mm-hmm. obviously he has incredible hand-eye coordination. So he can feel something that's like a half gram off. It's it's wow. really kind of a, I'm sure, a pain in the butt for Keith Sabar and the Taylor May guys because <laughs> he can yeah. look down, and if the loft is like, Point two degrees off he can see it it's just it's really strange i can't explain it wow but they make great product obviously and for all your viewers who probably need to see the ball going a little bit to the left take that as a compliment for yeah. the taylor made driver it's just the way dustin um has built his mental game of not wanting to see it go left uh, that's that's a little bigger deal for him you know, one of the questions that I got from our uh, one of our subscribers here on the Stripe Show podcast, which you should be subscribed, leave us a a five star rating and a comment. And you know what? We actually go into a into a drawing uh, for a free online lesson and a case of Vero X One golf balls from Encore Golf. But one of the person, one of the people that follows us here, sent in a question. He and he wants to know what are the keys to DJ's fade? You bring it up. DJ likes to see the ball die to the right off the tee. What are some of the keys do you feel like from his coach when he's doing this pretty well, man, that ball's starting in that nice window and dying right? Yeah, so to to be fair, it's probably more of a push fade um, okay. than actually a, you know, a pull cut. So um, to, to get you know, with with his wrist angles to try to get that shaft lined up, um, it's kind of hard to get it left and cut it. I mean, that's a pretty, as much as he opens, that's a lot of open to get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more, anyway, it's more of a push cut. Obviously, his lead arm is the key for him to cut it. You know, I don't necessarily always like the arm moving out because he has to manage that if it moves out too much he starts hitting toe strikes and 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 that push cut turns into a hard push mm. so you know some it's a it's a feel for him to feel like he's swinging a little bit if you will high to low you know and that's that's how he likes meaning the left arm's higher and you know maybe a little bit of a lower exit so yep. you only can do that if you open up meaning your body opens obviously as you know through the ball and he he's probably more open at impact than about any player out there on tour yeah and yet the path is still a little from the inside 
Can right? because can of yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, but it's is it hovering be. around zero? Is it hovering around zero? Yeah, I you mean, know? when he wants to cut a driver, it's about minus three, minus four. Okay. When he when he's really trying to cut it, if it gets more than that, then his left arm has gotten a little bit too vertical. Is he's kind of lost that connection with his arm and his chest. So mm-hmm. just something he has to manage how he manages it is kind of different. You know, Claude helps him manage that. Um, can it get too neutral? It, you know, it's kind of a word Dustin likes to use. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's just got to manage that. But for him to cut it, kind of that left arm um, plane would be the main reason. So as you were talking, his hands would kind of almost kind of go away a little bit, right? Like, Right. Like out and then the lead arm get too upright. And then when he would fire, if it was too out and up, then he would maybe kind of wipe it a little off the toe. Yeah. And I imagine that toe strike is like fingernails on the chalkboard for him because then it wants to go left. So so what happens is with the um you know, with that lead arm, there's two things that can happen. One is he's gonna have to get that lead arm back in to some degree. Mm-hmm. So then he may start tilting back too much um, to try to get that left arm back under his shoulder at impact. And and now, now he's hitting it left. So yeah, it's, it, it's just when he's got it, as we always see, when he's got that organized, it's hard to beat. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I'm talking like there's some huge yeah swing work going on that's not at all how dustin works on this game it's usually okay hey dj you're a little too much on your toes at address your first move you're you're having to sit back in your heels and that's kicking your arm out you work on the dynamic balance at address and off he goes yeah yeah no one makes it look easier than dj when it's clicking i mean yeah. it's just i i've said it you know uh, when dj's got his a game Rory has his A game. I mean, it's like you it's just sit back and, oh my goodness! I mean, it is just it make it they make it look way too easy. I, I want to ask you. Speaking of um, speaking of Rory, who um, just made a coach change, um, oh, I didn't, work I with, didn't know that. Yeah, he's going to work with Pete Cowan now. As I read yesterday, uh, came across, hmm. and I got to tell you, um, Alan, I was a little surprised at the players, and Rory admitted that. Look, he went and started swinging harder and and tried to chase distance because of Bryson's influence. I was mm-hmm. I was surprised because I mean not that surprised that Rory is trying to get better. Like I know these guys are always trying to get better and like I get that. But Rory's one of the longest players on tour. He's one of the best players on tour. He's a Hall of Fame player. His good his Rory's good enough right now with his skill set to dominate on the PGA tour for a period of time. I mean, he's that good, right? I mean, he, when he gets it going, he's going to win golf tournaments right now. So I was a little surprised that he went out and chased distance. I'm curious with DJ, when Bryson transformed, his body came out, he's, you know, 40 yards longer, 50 yards longer. He's clearly the longest on tour. Now, what was, what was DJ's response to that? And did it affect him where he felt like, Hey, Alan, maybe I need to, maybe I need to start swinging harder. Was that the case? I think there was about a 48-hour phase of that after the U.S. Open. I actually was at the Bears Club the week after the U.S. Open, and obviously Rory practices there. DJ actually was working on a 
46 inch, I think, maybe. I can't remember exact length. And, you know, trying to ramp up his ball speed, and they were kind of bragging back and forth. It was pretty cool. He's like, look at this. I got it to 190-something. And um, But, you know, you kind of had that range speed, and you had that golf course speed. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he feels comfortable playing that kind of golf. He, he yeah. feels – I mean, he likes to swing within himself. But there's some things that he'll do to – kind of kick it up a little bit speed wise but um yeah he knows he's long enough to compete so <laughs> he's uh yeah. he he but he did he did chase that for about a day it's interesting to hear that you know like bryson's had that kind of effect i mean he's you know i mean he's clearly the longest on tour but i look at rory i look at dj rom like you guys are long enough i mean why why, why do you have to feel the need to have to change something which, as you know, can be fairly big and detrimental to the DNA of a player when you start trying to hit it harder. Because in Rory's case, he's he you know he, he starts backing up, he can't rotate, that bleeds into the iron game, and all of a sudden, like his strokes and approaches, where to go? Like he can't find it, you know. Distance control, he's hitting a lot of club face poles, and you know you, you can become a mess pretty quick. So. It's just interesting to hear in today's game now how these guys are responding to it. The younger players, as you teach, um, you know, they're gaining speed now. Like they're coming, they're going to come out and bunt it at 310. <laughs> I mean, Will Zaltoris can come out there and just hit this little screamer at 310 right now. Like, you know, I mean, he's too crazy. He's already long, 165 yeah. soaking wet. He's just going to put mass on and he's going to be 330 easy, you know, as he just continues to mature with his body. Got another question that came in, and it's along the lines of distance. And you re, you related it to that DJ does a couple things when he does want to ramp it up a little bit faster. What 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 would be like one or two things that he does where he's like, okay, I'm going to hit this another 15 yards longer. Yeah, you know, for him to quantify it, I don't think he he'd probably just say he swings harder. <laughs> but the scientific part of that is he definitely uses the ground more. I mean, you'll see his left foot um, because he's pushing so hard toward the target line of his left foot. It pushes him back so hard. His left foot will actually move. Mm. Um, for him, it's probably feeling like he's generating more speed out front of the ball um, would be probably the way he would coin it. But it, I've got enough video of when he hits a stock and, and, and when he tries to, to uh, humble someone uh, with his speed of, of how hard he's using the ground. So it's just, just ground force reaction, you know, reactive yeah. forces. And, you know, that's the hot button now, it seems like in tech and in instruction. So. Yeah. And you're very versed in it and well, you know, you're I'm somewhat versed. <laughs> well, you're probably more versed than I am um, as I've dabbled in it. And I know that you're, you've certainly will get people, your players on it. And, and I would imagine the players you're working with um, want to see that, but just like in, in simple terms for the, for the people watching and listening, the ground force that you're talking about DJ, he's putting so much energy down into the ground into like, say the ball of his left foot that when he turns and pushes off the ground, it's it, that ground's pushing him back so much that that lead foot would give away like a Scotty Scheffler, right. Or a Greg Norman. Uh, yeah. Uh, similar Greg. Yeah. Scott interesting motion but 
uh, with his legs or feet. But yeah, definitely, it's just kind of the opposite and equal reaction, right? So yeah, he just he he doesn't know he does, and I'm not going to tell him. But yeah, yeah, that's but that's what's actually happening. He's just yeah. using the ground harder. So there's a lot of great knowledgeable obviously chris como a lot of really knowledgeable guys yeah. out there about ground force reaction way way smarter than i ever will be but <laughs> um i i know a little bit of it i don't yeah i don't teach it that mm-hmm. much um unless it's the kind of the right client in the right situation yeah um i try to trick them into doing some of it without saying we're going to use you know this force or that force or um, you know, I'm not teaching zero scratch players every day. So, right. you know, I, so using that, I understand it's great for good players who want to pick up speed and it will definitely help you hit, hit it further for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you have a client that wants to dabble in it and, you know, maybe the better player to our player, they want to quantify in those kinds of things, you know, why guess when you can measure, like I get all that, yeah. but the reality is, 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 you know, the amateur player and my audience, um, look, I can look at you, film you on 2D video. And I'm going to give you 99% of what you need. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this isn't a, this isn't a guess. I'm not guessing when I'm looking at it. And I know you can look under the hood and get more data. I get that. But mm. look, you're hitting it off the toe strikes and the path. You can you know, ball starting left and fading right. You know, like I can see the high handle at impact. I can <laughs> see, you know, there's a lot of things like we're not, been doing this yeah, a long your time. Your face is 28 degrees open. Uh, I don't think we need to start working on your your ground force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's a time and place for it, but the reality is, yeah. in my audience, it's like, look, let's give it some context. Let's let's break it down. Let's get great information. Let's put it in the right order. And look, 99% of the time, we're on our way. Now, if we want to look under the hood and get a little more detailed as we go, so be it. But to me, it's a, it's a smaller percent, very small percent, right? In the um, yeah, in the golf population, how much does DJ like that? Does he does he? How much does he really want to see himself on video or see a number or like? Is it like zero or <laughs> where does that where does that fall with him? That's a good point. Uh, we definitely don't put uh, like he he's running his track man all the time. We definitely yeah. don't uh, put club data up there for say. It's more yardage, um, maybe spin axis um and spin mm-hmm. uh but i i put up launch angle just for my nerdy self but um now he he's not into that stuff i mean he yeah. i mean we he was on swing cat a couple of weeks ago and you know again keeping something simple like okay here's where your pressure is i'm not showing him when his yeah. vertical forces are kicking and you know he that's a waste of time yeah. so now for me being a it's interesting. You know, yeah. A golf nerd. I, I like, I love what yeah. looking at yeah. it later after he leaves, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, he's, he's not, he's not into that. Like he's not looking at path. He's not looking at low point. He's not looking at swing direction, all the stuff that I'm going to have, um, on my phone when I'm looking right. at him on his, it's, it's just how far is it going? And you know, what's the proximity? Yeah. Let's transfer. Let's, let's move it over to short game now. Cause there's a really good question here from one of, uh, one of the followers here and subscribers to the stripe show podcast. How does DJ manage the bounce around the greens with that face more shut? 
right, where the toe is more down, as it appears to him and me, the face does look more shut than, say, others. And how does he kind of hit those little clippers because he, he manages it well? So can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're good. So yep. shut my phone off. Um, so, again, I guess we're talking about fairway cut kind of yeah. shots around the green. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely something he works hard on, um, mm-hmm. meaning – you know, he knows that he can't be as multidimensional with taking the bounce off, if you will, in the backswing. So he works a lot on allowing his right arm to fold. Um, now, does he do that when he plays? Probably not. But he does work on managing, if you will, his radius in his swing. Um, but to answer precisely the bounce question how he gets away with it is he opens the club up at address more than anyone else so if you watch him on a on a stop pitch shot where let's say you may open it up a tiny bit he's going to almost have it fully fully open if you will Mm -hmm. just to Mm -hmm. so his net bounce you know maybe or is good enough and also He's pretty good at letting that club overtake his hands. It's not like he's taking it back closed and he's holding that. You know, he's mm. he's very good at getting that left wrist back into extension, if you will, or cupped. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. And don't yeah. try it. Tell your viewers, don't try that model. It's very hard. And two is he has to kind of back up a little bit. His knee's kind of lower. Um, to help try to, if you will, um, get a little wider into the ball. Or like this versus, versus B. Correct. Yeah. And he's one of the few. He's also, you know, if you, if you film great chippers or pitchers or whatever you want to call it, um, they're from where their head starts at a dress for a right-handed golfer, you're going to see them move up and a little bit towards the target on their finish. So there's definitely no right side bend or adding right side bend. There's no head going back that we're going to see a lot with our amateurs. TJ is one of the few whose head goes backwards. Um, And we work on, we work on that. Um, But again, you just do it a little bit at a time. He just chips away at it. Um, What makes him really good Ball striker um, makes it a little more challenging around the green. It's hard for a guy to go lead wrist, flex, or bowed, shaft lean, and then all of a sudden you go, okay, you don't want shaft lean. You actually may want to feel like you have the shaft going backwards and the club's Mm -hmm. passing. He's one of the few probably can do that. Yeah. Well, look at Victor Hoblin. Right. I mean, he's he's learning it right now, you know, and it's getting better that he's learning how to let that pass more. He's hit everything. You know, he's kind of similar, not as much as DJ, but he's you know, he's got that certainly flexed out more than probably most. And, you know, a lot of shaft. He can probably get away with that in Europe, you know, where it's maybe softer, spongier grass. But yeah, when you get more tight, firm eyes around here or around here, wherever. Mm-hmm. We're not real tight and firm in South Carolina right now. It's yeah. a little wet. But, you know, that's uh, – I think 
all European players who come over have to learn to work on that. Yeah. Well, he's, I'll tell you what, he's trending. I mean, his actually strokes gain around the green has just continued to get better on average. Looks like over the last, you know, 30 to 40 events here. I mean, he's, he's trending the right way. Short game's been good. Obviously when you're winning everything there at the end of last year, that's, you know, that's probably a pretty good sign. I mean, you know, right now, um, you know, and just kind of finishing up here with his, with his putting, he lost 10 strokes at WGC strokes gained putting. And then he comes back at the players positive four. Where are we at with the putter? DJ's not making another putter change, is he, Alan? Because I can't take that. I can't take oh. a different putter every week. Austin, his caddy, his brother, told me that someone was going to lose their life if he tried to change ever from that spider. So I'm not sure who he's, who he's referring to. Um, I saw another putter in the back uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I'm like, Dustin, let's not start this. He's like, I'm just yeah. – I'm just letting her know there's other options, um, as we've talked about before. But we we honestly had about 15 minute putting tip before the players. And okay. at this at this point in his career, Travis, I mean, again, I think if someone tries to take credit for DJ's success, or you probably should just shut the podcast off because you know it's about Dustin is yeah and his talent. Um, yeah. So your role, kind of, as part of his his teaching staff, is to remind him. I mean, you're, what, you're not going to tell the kid anything new by now. I mean, right. what's he third all time in money win? And um, so you're just reminding him. Now, how you present that information may be different, um, but you know he has a tendency uh, to actually well. When he started putting well, it was he was managing, making sure, as simple as it may sound, but making sure he, his head didn't go back too much. And he, you know, that sounds like elementary, but his attack angle would get too up. Okay. And his face would start to stay a little bit too open, obviously, which is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of good putters with an excessive amount of club face closure. If anything, they've kind of overdid the um, shoulders and they hit a little too up on it and have an open face. Just my opinion. So that, yeah. that's all he was doing. And so, you know, he's hitting very low on the putter. The ball wasn't holding its line. So just yeah. a reminder. And then he, he chooses how he wants to fix that. Yeah. You know, is it more pressure, keep more pressure on his front foot? Uh, feeling like a lower finish. I know that sounds strange, maybe for some, but whatever he wants to do, as long as the net objective is 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 understood. Yeah, yeah. You make you make a good point. Like with these players, these world class players, it's like everything's kind of there. You're just you're just trying to provide the right context for them to that they take it the right way and self discover the right way. Right. You're just trying to provide that environment where they can rediscover some things that just let the talent come out. That's why I said I was on Twitter and Rory is making the change to Pete Cowan. It's like, you know, the, the perception is, man, there's a lot to, there's a lot to get done there. And it's like, not really. I mean, sure. There's probably a few things they got to clean up, you know, like technically, but 
there's not like a, you're not you're not reinventing the wheel here with Rory. It's like you're just probably going to clean up a couple little things and just get back into his head where like you're good enough, dude. You know, like you know, start building back up again to where Rory just starts to accelerate. It's not going to be this reinventing of the wheel of golf swing, you know, short game tech. I mean, it's all there. It's just I hope not. It, no, I mean, it's it just, yeah. it's just piecing the things back together a little bit and making him believe. And then all of a sudden he gets the confidence and off he goes. And so it's, uh, yeah, with it's Pete, fascinating. You know, with Pete, I, I don't ever see like, uh, I think if you're on video, you'd have to really look hard to see a huge change that he makes maybe with his players. I think yeah, Henrik would be one of the few where it was significant. Um, mm-hmm but not many players have that fortitude like Henrik to hang in there for two years to make that change like he did. So I think, like you said, um, and Pete, the same with Brooks, um, I think he's just giving them little cues to get things matched up. I know he, yeah. you know, he's, I know his philosophies and, you know, kind of the spiral staircase and, um, you know, big proponent of how the right arm structure works. So that'll be interesting to see if uh, yeah if that gets added into Rory's uh, current matchups. Yeah. Well, we're in golf season, man, and um, another World Golf Championship this week, and then uh, the Valero, and then the Masters again. So I'll finish up with this last question. Mm-hmm. Our man DJ, who's the defending champion, has his green jacket. What do you what? How would you um, how would you describe it to us, and what that win, the Masters, meant to uh, Dustin Johnson? Cool. Um, well, I think he showed us um, in his post-round yeah. interview um, this year. Um, it's gonna it's gonna mean a little more for him. Mm-hmm. His uh, his grandfather just passed away last week, mm. which a lot of people may not know. And Art was. Uh, probably a little closer if possible because he was very close with Dustin but very close to Austin mm. Austin was a basketball player and obviously art was and but uh you know there wouldn't be Augusta and Dustin there without art so mm. this will this will be even more special but yeah it's very rare company to win that back to back I mean well win any tournament back to back but uh you know but back to your question, I'm rambling there. I mean, just being that close to home. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a reporter from, from the UK last week, and I said, listen, for us Southern boys, I mean, it's the, it's the tournament. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's the one major that's at the same event, mm-hmm. same golf course. I mean, it's in the South. I mean, it's just one for him an hour and 15 minutes. It's, you grow up making putts on the putting green saying this is doing the masters. That's just how it is. Um, you know, it's just a special major. Um, the same for, you know, the folks in the UK, this is the one, the opener. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the one it, it's, it is the one. And, and I never really grasped how important that win was. I mean, I know that sounds stupid, but, but just to see, the media um, and his obligations now with the media being a master's champion, it's my, I mean, it's, it's, 
he he's going to wear himself out. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can but... see why these guys, after winning a major, you know, they, yeah. they, you don't hear from them for a while. Yeah. Yep. So well, uh, he but he's doing well managing that, and uh, but uh, our passing, you know, was a tough one, and then obviously Wayne's Gretzky's dad passed away two weeks before, so mm. it's been a tough three week stretch. Yeah. Well, he he not only won the Masters, he won it by five. Um, mm. You know, back in November. And, um, and he's the number one player in the world, you know, and he's probably the most dominant number one that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, he, that stretch of golf that he put together was just insane, really, and how good he played through the bag. So, well, hopefully he, um, he finds some form again this week, because as you know, it's just like, it's almost like one shot away, right? All of a sudden off they go again. And, and the thing with DJ is off he goes, he's going to, it's not just off and play as well. He goes off and wins and wins by five at the masters. That's the talent that he has. So a little match play this week, and then he'll defend in two weeks there in Augusta. Now, and I, um, thanks for, uh, jumping back on, man. I know, uh, our viewers appreciate it. Well, I always enjoy, uh, the very thought out questions from your viewers. Usually, yeah. usually these, I get the same damn questions all the time and I get, I fall asleep during the interview. Yeah. So I your, make you your think. viewers, your viewers keep, keep, keep me on my toes. So I've been, I've been known to make my guests work. They're like, man, you made me work. I'm like, well, yeah, that's no, kind of I, the idea. I've got, uh, I got Google pulled up here behind <laughs> just in case. So uh, you threw something at me. So I was ready. I got my assistant with cue cards. So, uh, that's too I, funny. Well, you know, you know, Hey, you said this to I, me I now. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you sending this to me. I wear it. I wear it. You know, I'm a DJ. You know, I'm a DJ fan. Like, I, well, who's I love not DJ. A DJ. Who's not a DJ fan these days? I know. I'm I like, mean, I'm, let's I, be honest. I know. Like, how can I you know, like Dustin, man? The guy's. He's harmless. He loves everyone. He treats everyone like there is, yeah. you know, buddy. So, I mean, he's a good dude. <laughs> I just, I just love the fact that he just shows up and he's like, in my driver. You know, and off he goes, and he just whips people, and then he gets in his car, answers a couple questions, and yeah, okay, guys, see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, he doesn't. Like, wait uh, a minute, he doesn't take take himself too seriously. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, I love it. Uh, he, love he, it. yeah, he's definitely um, thinking about something else besides golf. About well, if he didn't have the media after around, it would be about the time he signed his scorecard. <laughs> So the media reminds him a little more of golf and after that. But uh like we talked about earlier, uh he is a he he does follow golf and yeah. And uh he's got this new collab that we were talking about and um you know, I can't he was telling me it yeah, you know, it's only like fifty bucks a year, you need to get it. You can follow me when I'm in the, the key groups. I'm like, okay, buddy, I'll I'll get right on that. <laughs> So, uh, but he likes he likes watching his buddies when he's not playing. He likes following them and seeing mm-hmm. how the course is playing, or he may not had the chance to sign up for that week. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's pretty cool watching. It's like a big kid watching uh, watching the PGA Tour. Well, Alan, you're the best man. I uh, appreciate coming on. Have a good day on the lesson tee, and um, we'll be in touch. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team 
in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 